Hey guys, ECRG here, back with another episode. Today we're going to be talking about non-competes in the clinical research industry. This is a video, an episode, that a lot of people have been asking me to do because there are some companies out there that are pushing non-competes on their employees. And we're going to dig into that a little bit today. But before we get into that a little bit deeper, I just want to let you guys know about the resume review program. A lot of people have been emailing me saying they want help with their resume. And I've been helping a lot of people out with their resume. But for those people that don't know about it, we've got a resume review program. You can email me at eliteclinicalgroup@gmail.com at gmail.com if you're interested. We will take your resume to the next level, the level that you need to get into the clinical research industry. This industry is getting more and more competitive more and more competitive every single day, every single year. More people are learning about this industry and it's getting harder and harder to get in. So you need someone who's gonna be able to help you, to help your resume stand out to hiring managers and recruiters. So let me help you. Don't waste any more time, guys. A lot of people are wasting time trying to figure out to do it themselves, getting rejected from hundreds of jobs. One of those jobs should have been yours, but your resume didn't get by the, the algorithm, didn't get by the computer. Your resume didn't get by the hiring manager. Your resume was kind of boring. Sorry. So let me help you help yourself, okay? Let me help you help yourself get that next clinical research job you're looking for. So let's go ahead and get into non-compete. Once you finally get that job offer after becoming a part of the resume review program and getting involved with us there, they may ask you to sign a non-compete. So what exactly is a non-compete? So I'm gonna go ahead, do a search so I can get a decent definition here. Um, this is something that I have actually been offered to sign and I actually have signed one. Now I know someone asked me this question uh, a while ago about have I ever signed one. Well, I got a job pretty much right after you signed, pretty much after you asked me that question. So it has changed and I'm gonna tell you why I signed it. So non-compete, what is a non-compete? Denoting or relating to a clause, provision or agreement by which parties are bound not to compete. So let's see if we can get a little bit more information here on Wikipedia. So in contract law, a non-compete clause uh, is a clause under which one party, usually an employee, agrees not to enter into or start a similar profession or trade in competition against another party, the employer. Some courts refer to these as restrictive covenants. As a contract provision, uh, CNC is bound by traditional contract requirements, including the consideration doctrine. So basically, a non-compete is a clause that you're going to sign, which is gonna prevent you from working that particular job for a competitor or creating your own company competing with the company you just left. Now these clauses are things that are popular for doctors. A lot of times doctors have to sign non-compete clauses where, and these, these clauses can't be ridiculous. Like they can't say you can't work, uh, you know, in the whole United States for like five years. That's too ridiculous. They've gotta be somewhat reasonable. So a lot of times they'll say, in a hundred mile radius, so you might have to move towns. They may some, say something like, they may specify which companies you can't work for. Um, so they may you know, list a few companies and say that. 
Um, and they usually they can't put a ridiculous time limit on it. They can't say five years, ten years. That's too long. They can say a year, maybe two years max. Um, but these are typically employees which are going to have some trade secrets. Like for example, if you're working for a pharma company and you're one of a lead, you're one of the lead scientists. You may, you know how all the drugs work. So technically, you could someone else could hire you and you could go make that drug for them instead of the company you were at. So that's that's why our non-compete comes in for the purpose of the, the company. Um, typically, executives may get them because they're going to be privy to a lot of knowledge that a lot of other people are not going to be privy to. And that could really hurt the company and really put them at a huge disadvantage if they were to leave. So typically executives, typically people, doctors will get them. Maybe scientists will get them. But a lot of times companies bring these non-competes down to lower level workers. And it's really a shame. So when I put this up here, you see the WeWork settles. And I was just reading this article earlier. They were saying they got workers that make as little as $15 an hour signing non-competes. Absolutely ridiculous. And they're not alone. Other companies have done this too in clinical research. And I'm going to tell you about one now. So I was offered a job. This was one of the first job offers I was offered. And originally it was for a clinical research associate program. It was an entry-level program. This is when I was first getting into the industry. And I'm not going to shout out the CRO uh, because they're known for not paying that well. Um, you may have heard me talk about them in some other episode, but not not in this episode. Uh and I will tell you they're based in, uh, I'm not going to say that either, because um, <laughs> you might figure that out. But anyway, I'm not going to say that now. But, um, you know, it was originally for a clinical research associate uh, program. They were going to bring you in, train you to be a CRA. So for that, I would have I signed a non-compete for that. Because I know after that, you you can go work anywhere in the country you can go, you, I mean, you can do anything. I mean, after that, um, the floodgates really open for you after that. And I feel like the CRA career path was definitely worthwhile enough, even if you have to sign a non-compete, depending on what it says. Um, but this company changed the program. They, they made it into a project coordinator program, which is like a project manager assistant. And that for me was not a, a, a like a, a dream job scenario for me. My my dream job was always to be a CRA. So, project coordinator was just a stepping stone for me. It's not worth getting way underpaid for. It's not worth signing a non compete for. In my in my opinion, and these people were way underpaying, way underpaying. Um, and you know it's 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 hard to li- live on the 30s. I mean, I think they're paying like 32,000, like really really low. Yeah, really low. Thirty-two thousand is really low. Um, so, and they they said, you know, hey, your your pay is going to go up every few months by a couple thousand dollars. But you know, really low, especially depending on where you live too. Um, but anyway, they were going to make make me sign a non compete, and of course, I was like, okay, not for that low salary. You're not. That's absolutely ridiculous. And you know, this is this is a tactic that companies try to do. MedPace is another one. Um, and I'll, let, I'll, just, I'll tell you the company. The, this co- the company that made me do this was Cato Research. Um, you know, overall good company, heard things about them, but when I interviewed every single person, I asked them what the downsides were. Every single person said the money was bad. So that's one of the things. If you're in a non-compete, you want to make sure that you're getting paid top market 
because you're not going to be able to move so easily. You may have to move states, so you may have to uproot your family and your life for a little while. Um, you may have to change industries for a little while. You know, there are a lot of negatives with that. So you want to make sure that while you're there, you're getting paid top market value. This is not something you want to sign if you're getting way below market value, unless you've got a plan. So I'm going to tell you how to get around these non-competes here in a second, um, especially in the clinical research industry. So um, one of the things that, um, so you don't want to sign that. Um, MedPace is also notorious for this. They do this to their CRAs. They know that people want to be CRAs. They know that there's a huge demand for CRAs. They're one of the only people, sometimes other companies will open it up to entry-level people, no experience, but they're one of the only people that does take some no experience people and make them CRAs. So of course they make their CRAs sign non-competes. And what they do is they bring them in at a low salary, $50,000, which is really, really low for an entry-level CRA. Uh, then they have them in a non-compete, so they're kind of stuck there for a little bit. And, you know, they're also doing some shady things. You can look on Glassdoor. You can look at my review, my MedPace review I've done. Uh, and they talk about how they push some of the senior CRAs out and give the work to the more entry-level people that are making way less money. So it's a little shady. Um, and it's, it's bad, but... I guess that's the tactic they want to use. So they're using these non-competes to get people in the door and kind of keep them there. So this is, so this is something you want to definitely watch out for. Um, it's not very common. I have, I'm not, I've heard of people becoming CRAs and having to sign non-competes, i.e. a QVIA. I have also heard of people not having to sign non-competes. So it just kind of depends and you've got to kind of analyze it situation by situation. If you've got a situation you want me to kind of take a look at it, um, kind of give you my opinion on it, you can email me at eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com. I'll talk about it and I'll tell you what I would do in that situation. Um, but, you know, it just kind of it just kind of depends on how flexible, how willing are you to move around if you need be. Because this is why I always say, while you're building your career, you want to stay mobile, stay lethal, stay deadly. You want to stay mobile. You want to be able to move if you have to. You want, you want to be able to, if you have to sign that non-compete and it says you can't work in a 100-mile radius, you want to be able to pick up and move if you have to. You want to be able to break that non-compete and get up out of there if you if you can, if you have to, especially if they're lowballing you. Um, you know if you got CRA experience, um, you know, so all you need is six months. You don't need that much, especially if it's good experience. Um, and you can go make a lot more money elsewhere, especially if you're able to move. Um, so that's something you definitely want to think about. You definitely want to keep in mind. But, you know, non-compete clauses, they're, they're in the industry. And I've actually seen a bunch of things talking about in the pharmaceutical industry, biomanufacturing industry, clinical research industry, that a lot of them aren't really enforceable or that companies aren't really going to try to enforce them. And that's because, like I said before, they're really geared towards people that have intimate knowledge that can really be used against them. If you're just a janitor, uh, you know, mopping up the floors and stuff, you're not going to have the intimate knowledge. It's not even really worth it to them to kind of to you know sue you because you know you don't you don't really have that knowledge. I mean, it's not really worth it. But if you're a high level executive, then they're definitely going to be watching to make sure you're not going to a competitor because you're you're going to have that knowledge and 
you know, it could be the same thing said for CRAs. You may not have that knowledge or other positions you, you might have, project manager. You're not going to have that knowledge. And I've seen a lot of people say that they just break them on the internet and, you know, nothing really happens. So definitely do your own research. Definitely you want to consult with your legal professionals. Don't just take my word. But the information's out there. You can Google it. And uh, definitely want to consult with your legal professional about that. Uh, but, you know, the information is really out there for you to, for you to look at. And, you know, non-compete clauses are something that are there in clinical research, unfortunately. And, you know, these companies are smart. They know, they know when they've got, they know, especially in an industry where you got high turnover for CRAs, you got high, you got high turnover in the industry in general, but especially high turnover in certain positions. This is just a mechanism that they're going to use to try and keep you in your place and not let you move around. But as you, you know, after you become a CRA, you shouldn't have to sign a non-compete again. You should not have to sign a non-compete again after you become a CRA because there's just way too many jobs out there for you to take. There's just way too much demand. You should not have to sign a non-compete. And if you, if they try to make you sign one, you, t you negotiate out of it because you're not going to have those trade secrets. You're not going to be able to use, use stuff against them. So that's that. Um, but they're going to try to, on your way up, on your way up to becoming in those positions, they're going to try and get you to sign stuff because, you know, that's, that's how they can control you. They're going to try and get you to sign a non-compete. Now, I did mention earlier that I did sign one. And why did I do that? Well, this was for my first CRA job. So I did sign a non-compete, but my first CRA job is for a pharma company. Now, in this, in this non-compete, they specified which companies I could or could not work for. So the company I work for is specialized in certain areas. So that narrows their focus down even more. So there's really only a handful of companies which I have never seen jobs for, by the way. So they're not even really on my radar. Um, then I don't think I'll ever, you know, come into a situation where I need to go there. But there's only a handful of companies that they said that I could not work at. And this, of course, was the job of my dreams, trying to be a CRA at the time. And, you know, I think it just made a lot of sense. The, the overall package was amazing. It was everything I could have wanted. It was everything I asked for. Um, they really played ball. And, you know, I was very happy with the decision at the time. Um, you know, you guys were there. I, I kind of walked you through everything that was going on at the time. And I, I did sign that non-compete. Um, and like I said, it's a pharma company. So you got to think, you're only not allowed to work at places that compete. So that's other pharma companies that do similar things. And that's not all pharma companies or sponsors. That's only ones that do the same thing. But even if it was all sponsors... Look, guys, I came from the CRO world. I can just go back to the CRO world. Under that non-compete, I can work for any CRO. So we're, we're all good then. Because, I mean, I think I would probably go back to the CRO world anyway. But you're all good. So that's the same thing for CROs. If you sign a non-compete for a CRO, make sure you read it carefully. Maybe have a legal professional read it. Someone who's knowledgeable about the industry. Because they're going to understand more the ins and outs. But it's likely that you're going to be able to go work for a pharma or sponsor company after that, which is excellent. So now you have an opportunity to break your non-compete. Um, 
and because you're not competing. So they're they're thinking that they're they've got you locked in when you've got a way around it. So you can go work for somebody with with a different business model. So there's two things, and people go back and forth all the time. If you sign a non-compete with pharma, go work in a CRO. You sign a non-compete with a CRO, go work in pharma. So that's something you can do and keep in mind. Um, once again, you've got to be wary of what the non-compete says, but you definitely want to keep your options as open as possible if you are going to sign one. But preferably, you don't have to sign one. And I think that's more the minority of cases than it is the majority. So we'll see, guys. We'll see. So hopefully this was informative about non-competes in the industry. I'll probably make another video detailing about uh, more specifically about how to get out of them. So stay tuned for that. But, I, and I'll probably talk about how, what this says on the internet about how people are getting out of them and stuff too. But other than that, guys, and I hope you enjoyed this. Email me, eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com for any questions you may have. Take care, guys.